Ag State of Mind, episode 56. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows, and today on the show is super special for me. It is a chance that I get to interview someone who has a really profound impact, an ongoing impact on our lives through her coaching and through her podcast. And that that person is Megan Tierlink. Megan is the host of the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. She is also my wife Carrie's uh, coach, and she's been helping her with her fitness business and just trying to do better about posting on social media, some things like that. Just she's just given us some really great great insight into our lives. So um, I am excited for y'all to hear her perspective and how she kind of helps clients and helps people that she knows to kind of get over themselves and get out of their own way. Really great conversation I had. So, all right, I'm really excited for y'all to hear this. Uh, This is my podcast interview with Megan Tierlink of the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. Megan Tierlink, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. I am really excited. I I talk up your podcast a lot because it helps us so much, helps Carrie and I. And I wanted to get you on here because I feel like you would bring so much value and so a unique perspective to listeners of this show. And it's, like I said, you have been a blessing to our family because um, it's given Carrie and I something to bond over talk over and we feel like we know you really well just through through the podcast and um, then Carrie has done some coaching with you and ha- really has gotten to know you so uh, it, it feels like we're old friends now so uh, I'm really excited to have you on here I'm so excited too and I feel the same like I was like telling my sister-in-law I'm like oh my friends in Missouri are having fun I just feel the exact same way I'm super grateful that you thought of me and brought me on cool well let everybody know kind of where you come from where where you live what your background is and then kind of where you moved into what you're doing today and then we'll just we'll kind of take the conversation from there perfect so I live in Nevada and I live out in the middle of the desert and we my husband and I got married about eight years ago and when we got married I had a lot of I don't know funky thinking I had like a lot of anxiety and just weird emotions and so I started getting into yoga I found yoga to be such a great outlet for me mentally and emotionally and even spiritually and physically it was so good for me and so I started getting into yoga I got trained as a yoga instructor and I opened my first yoga studio when I was 21 and then I ran that for a while, had a baby. My sister-in-law and I did it together. We decided that we wanted to kind of just like go more full time in on our babies. And so we ended up selling the yoga studio. And then, so I, I started teaching yoga probably what, seven years ago, I think now. And my favorite part of yoga and like the whole thing 
that I started learning about was the mindfulness part. Like I loved the physical stuff that was good for my body and everything. But what I really loved was like the yoga philosophy, like learning how to have a better life and like how to like lean into better emotions and things like that. So that's where I got started in what I do, but it kind of evolved over time. It started as yoga. And then I started really getting into like thought work and understanding how the mind works and what the brain is doing and why we do the things we do and how to create more of the things that we want in our life. And I found a deep passion for that super deep passion. And so I was opened a second yoga studio for a time. And then I started having tons of anxiety over all the business stuff of my yoga studio. I was like always worried that I should be home and always worried that I should be at the yoga studio. So I could like Mm -hmm. never win. And then I was always worried that like I live in this smaller area that there wouldn't be enough people. And I just, I had a lot of anxiety. And so my good friend, she's like, I want to show you something. And she showed me some thought work videos and I was like, I need this in my life. And so I started getting into it and I just deep dove like, and that's my personality is like, I decide I want to learn something and I like go all in on it. And so I deep Mm -hmm. dove into it. Like the last three years, I've just been like taking in as much information as I can about the brain and how, how to align our brain with our spirit and with our body and how to get into that alignment where we're in a flow that feels good. So that's what I do with my clients is we work together on helping you get an alignment so that you can create and like live the best life you can think of, you know, and not fight so much with these negative emotions that we just naturally have as humans. So when you talk about yoga and you talk about this mindfulness part of it, that was something I was very it was very foreign to me. And I've talked on this before. That's a world that Carrie has really gotten into over the last, I'd say probably year. Um, But so when, but it's when she went to teacher training, when she really started to dive into, like you said, the spiritual part, part of it, the mindfulness part of it. And that really made a lot of sense to me because I think a lot of people you think of, uh, you think of yoga, you think of kind of these, people that are a little far out there, a little um, strange, if you will. <laughs> totally I mean, right. you know, I, I think that's the typical kind of connotations that come with those type of people. And from, obviously, from what you dive a little bit deeper, it's not like that at all. And there's some real value into this mindfulness in this kind of yogi lifestyle that I feel like is very, it's something that, a lot of people can use. Totally. Totally. I know like my first podcast episode, I'm like, you guys, I do yoga. I'm like into all this hippie stuff, but also I eat meat and I love Jesus. And like, you can have both of these (laughs) worlds combined. Yeah. You know, exactly. That's how I felt about it. I didn't think like, I thought it was either you like could be a meat eater and you can, uh, (laughs) Hunt you know, and like stuff be, like you know, that, love or... Jesus, or it's Buddha and that sort of, you know. Sure. But I've found that it's it's both all that to you can have all that together. There's just truth in all things, right? There's so many. There's there not in all things, but there's truth everywhere, is what I meant to say. So yeah, like yoga can get a bad rap, like the whole granola thing, you know. But right, yeah, exactly. But 
but there's so much goodness in there. And I like to like pick and choose what I like to take from the yogi lifestyle. You know, like I love this thought, like I can have both, like I can be both. I can have a bit of this and take and choose what I want from it. So yeah, it's been a super, super helpful thing for me, especially the yoga philosophy and the mindfulness portion of yoga. They, they teach such beautiful concepts in a language that like speaks to my heart. I, I love, there's something called the yamas and niyamas in yoga. It's really similar to the 10 commandments. It's similar to every, you know, major group has kind of their, their ethics that they live by and the yogis have theirs and the way that they teach them, it like speaks to my heart. I understand it. It's like a language I get. And so it opened up a lot of enlightenment for me and it was a good place to start. And then when I learned more about thought work and my brain, it just like exploded all of that. So you you mentioned how you taught how you dealt with a lot of anxiety and then it e- even kind of multiplied whenever you opened the second yoga studio and then you kind of felt torn between your responsibilities there and your responsibilities at home. I mean, you're you're a mother and a wife as well. And I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. And I know it's something that I can relate to. And so how did you, like, how did you use this new kind of found, I want to say like liberty to, to kind of get a grip and get a handle on that? Sure. So mindfulness, the actual definition of mindfulness is to be conscious or aware, pretty much. That's what mindfulness is. And so what you, what we do is we get really conscious and aware of what's the thoughts going on in your brain. We know that our thoughts create our feelings. You have a thought. It's what makes you feel those like vibrations in your body, right? Your thoughts create your feelings. Your feelings propel you into an action. So when you feel that feeling, it makes you do something like I feel motivated, makes you go and work, right? And so you create this feeling in your body through a thought. It creates an action and then your actions create your results. And so I recognize that I was the creator of my feeling that I had this anxiety and I was creating it, that it wasn't something just like put on me that I had no power over. I always felt like anxiety made me feel really out of control. Like I I had no power over it. It was just something that happened to me. But once I recognized that I have agency and that's like a gift that I get to have, that I get to choose my thoughts that are going to create my feelings, then it gave me all this control and power back. And I started just getting really intentional about what thoughts and being aware, practicing mindfulness, what thoughts are creating this feeling in my body right now, this anxiousness. And we know that anxiety is like a secondary emotion, which means it's because we're resisting like fear or worry. So I would look, okay, I'm feeling worried right now. Why am I resisting this? What's wrong with being worried? Is it okay for me to feel worried? These were like questions I started asking my brain a lot. And I started just getting super ultra aware. And then I would say, okay, well, that thought's making me feel worried. What's a different thought that I could believe that makes me not feel worried, that makes me feel better? And that's where I started using like thoughts or affirmations. So like I, one of my big worries was that like I should be at home when I was at the yoga studio, right? I started shifting that thought instead mm-hmm. of I should be at home. I started, I should be exactly where I'm at. And when I'm home, I should be exactly where I'm at. Like I should be exactly where I'm at. Cause that's where I'm at. Let's not fight with what is it's not 
serving us in any way to try to change what's happening right now, you know? And then I, I would look at it, is this where I want to be, you know? And we would, and I'd start doing that work. And so really what was a huge game changer for me was learning how to stop fighting with what is, accepting what is, and then choosing my thoughts about it from there. So you you said something, and I remember you talking about this in a podcast one time, and we'll talk about your podcast uh, in a little bit, but when you when you say this, when you say these things, like, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, or I am where I'm where I should be. But is this where I want to be? I mean, you, you're asking yourself all these internal questions. And I think to someone who is coming from it from like, into this cross section of a conversation or of you telling about this, it may seem a little strange to when you are asking yourself all these internal questions, but it's necessary to kind of have that ongoing internal dialogue with yourself because um, that's the only way you can really explore your thoughts and, you know, make your thoughts into actions. You're having that internal dialogue with yourself, whether you're conscious and aware of it or not, it's going on. You Mm -hmm. have, you have thoughts going through your mind all day long and they're creating your emotions. It's creating and manifesting your whole life for you. Like you're the creator. You, you with like a, like my belief is like you with God are like creating your life, right? It's not just happening to you. Like you're creating with the creator. And so like these thoughts are going in and out of your brain all day and they're creating and manifesting everything for you. All I start doing is start just watching them and getting aware of them, being an observer of those thoughts. Because so often we have these thoughts we're completely unconscious of. That's part of being a human, obviously. But we like my job as your coach or my job when I was dealing with anxiety to start watching my brain was just getting so aware, like what's actually going on up there and looking at it without judgment, just observing no judgment, what's happening in my brain right now. And that practice, like if I, I could give anyone any advice, it'd be like, slow down, watch your brain, just start watching what's happening in your brain. When listen to your body, when you start feeling a weird emotion, if you start feeling like worried or scared or mad or angry, ask yourself, what am I thinking right now? Is it true? Is it really true? In what way is it not true? Like we want to start just challenging and questioning anything that comes up for us that feels off or not like what we want to believe, you know? Yeah, sure. And so my primary go-to emotion is anger, mad. Like at times it's gotten me in a lot of trouble. And, but, but it is something like you, you, which you, you also said something there where, a lot of times we say that I'll just use Carrie as Carrie is making me angry or my kids are making me mad. They aren't making you do anything. You are allowing yourself to be angry. And why is that? So you're adding like another layer to this and sure or not. You're not, but you're teaching it, teaching it that way. And that way you can have better control. That's what we're getting at yeah, here, so I think. Our whole life, like adults, like at least me, like my whole life adults around me were like, did they make you feel bad or blah, 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 right? And I'm not saying people's actions don't have 
consequences and influence, right? But they become a circumstance and we all have circumstances. And I think that circumstances are the bare bones, the fact of a situation. And what happens is we put stories around these circumstances. For example, like let's say Carrie said these words to me. Carrie said, I don't like you. It's not those words. Those are just words coming out of Carrie's mouth, right? Fair, fair like, enough. She's probably said those... that to me a time or two. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. So Carrie says, I don't like you. And then your thought is, you're so rude, you should like me. And then you feel mad. But another person might hear, I don't like you. And then they're like, is something wrong with me? Now I feel sad. Mm -hmm. And that's why everyone experiences the same circumstances very different because we create our own stories around these circumstances. I, I love that. I love what you're talking about there because it, it it puts, like you said, it puts the agency, it puts the, it puts you in control and you talk about circumstances. Circumstances are not necessarily bad or good. They're neutral. And it's how we react to those is, is how, you know, what determines our course from there. And I, I just, I love that. I love that frame of mind that you are in control and you are responsible and you can kind of shift and guide. And it makes a lot of decisions a little bit easier easier, I feel like, when you are putting yourself in control and taking everyone else else out of the equation. For sure. And I always like to add this in. This isn't to say that like when we start doing this, that we want to think positively about everything or like feel good about like, I don't want like you find out some something bad happens. Like you don't always want to feel good about that. I don't want to feel good about like mass murders. You know what I mean? Like, like, but it's just gives you right. the power to get to choose what you want to feel. And I think they call that, is that what they call toxic positivity? Yeah. Like we something don't want to go there. Like there's line. a lot of things I don't want to feel good about, you know? And, and right. a lot of things yeah. that, that, and I always want to, like, I always like to um, advise my clients and live this within myself is like, what is my best version of myself do? Well, my best version of myself always has empathy for others. So I'm going to think thoughts that align with that, you know, and it's not just like all or nothing like, okay, well now I'm in charge of how I feel. So it doesn't matter about how anybody else feels, you know, they're in charge of how they feel. So I don't have to worry about how they feel. It's not about that. It's, it's about, it's about leaning into your best self and you taking the power back to be your best self. Because that's how you help others out. That's how you show up best for others is when you take care of yourself. And we talk about this a lot on the podcast is, you know, making sure you have a full cup and you can only pour from a full cup. And I always kind of relate it to the, and I, I'm, I'm not the one that came up with this analogy. Lots of people have used it before me, but the, in an airplane, when the pressure, uh, excuse me, the cabin pressure drops and the masks fall down. What do they tell you to do? They tell you to put your own mask on first. That way you are full and you are making sure you're getting enough oxygen so you can help somebody else do the same if they're struggling. So it's the same kind of concept. One of my like biggest blessings in my life is when I understood this concept of like taking care of your own needs. My husband, I used to sometimes like get resentment a little bit because I'd be like, I'm putting your mask on first. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you should do the same for me. And he would take care of his own needs mm -hmm. in his way. He, and, and when I started taking care of my own needs, then I wasn't needing him to do that stuff for me all the time. So when he did, which he does all the time, cause he's great. 
it was just a blessing. It wasn't expected. It's just like, Oh, thank you so much. Like you're here for me. I'm so grateful. And it wasn't like, well, you should be doing more, <laughs> you know, it, it was a way of making me be able to feel grateful for him and not mad all the time and resentful because he wasn't showing up for me. Uh, practice I like to do is when I start feeling insecure, like they should be doing this. I ask myself, how should you be doing that for you? Like, what are you, what, what's going off here? Like my husband, like if I'm like, he should, you know, help me with this. Well, in what ways are you not helping yourself? In what ways are you abandoning yourself? We need to lean in and trust ourselves, take care of ourselves. And then allow and support from others when they're ready to give it. Be grateful for it when it comes. So whenever some, I've heard this before, whenever you start kind of taking care of yourself and making sure, like we use the analogy, putting our own mask on first, some people will say that that is selfish. What is your response to that? I like to ask my clients, what is selfish? Who determines what's selfish? Usually they're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, what uh -huh. makes somebody great? Like, you know, like, how do you answer that question? You know, what is selfish? Um, I don't like that word. I don't use that word. I think it's very, very loving and giving to take care of yourself. I think that honoring your needs and taking care of you um, makes it so you can give and take care of others in so much more fullness and without resentment. You can do it with love, which I believe is the 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 root of why we're told all the time to serve and love others is it's because we're supposed to feel that in our heart. So if you're doing it out of resentment, it's kind of like not useful. You know, we want to do it from the right place. When we take care of ourselves, then we have more to give so that we can give to others without the resentment, without the weirdness. So for me, I think we want to get to a place where we take care of our own needs in all the ways that we can. And that doesn't mean requesting and asking for help when you need help, but it's not, it's not thinking, well, I helped you, so you should be helping me back. You know, like I helped you or I give, 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 and no one gives to me. I hear that a lot when I work with people and it's like, okay, take care of you, let them take care of them. And then let's be just super grateful when anybody takes care of us and let's love people and show up for them the exact way that you would want them to show up for you. So the good, the good, Does that make sense? yeah, no, it makes like it kind of messy. No, no, no. It makes perfect <laughs> sense. And the thing about self care or showing up for yourself, making sure your needs are met is you get to decide that for yourself. Nobody else gets to have that influence on you unless you allow them or unless you want them to. But, you know, because I think we and Carrie and I talk about this, we've we've had a lot of growth as as a married couple over really the last year. And we talk about this a lot in that we a lot of times we want to do things because we are feel like we're expected to do them from other people. This is the way so-and-so does this. And we run into this in agriculture a lot in that my neighbor does this thing. His fields look this way or his cows look this way. So mine should look that way. And it's the same with way with taking care of our own house in that it doesn't really matter. That, that I mean, that may like 
superficially or like on a house of cards way matter. But and when you really get down deep to the core, that stuff really makes no difference. It's about taking care of yourself the best way you can. For sure. And I was thinking while you were saying that, sometimes I think this is something that I've been really aware of lately is we are so aware and worried about what everybody else thinks that we're doing things like helping people or doing our houses like them so that everybody else feels good and that everyone can have good, happy thoughts about us. But in that process, we end up abandoning ourselves, and we don't do what we need for us and taking care of us. And it causes, I think a lot of anxiety for people because they don't know if they should trust them or if they should trust everybody else if they should worry about them or if they Mm -hmm. should worry about everybody else. And I feel like it's like that back and forth energy that's similar to the energy that you feel when you feel anxiety. So something I'm really working on with a lot of my clients right now is trusting yourself and not abandoning yourself, taking care of yourself, loving yourself, leaning into your needs, fulfilling them. And then from that space, reaching out and giving and creating good things for the world and serving and being there for people from that space instead of from this space of like, I have to do this for you guys so that you all feel good. Instead, it's like, I'm going to make myself feel good. And then I'm going to just love you guys unconditionally from there. And that's hard. I think for some people to start up as like when they, because it's a, it's a shift in mindset to shift from that old way of thinking into this new, I mean, it's like almost like putting on a, a pair of shoes or a shirt or something that fits differently. But eventually, the more you use it, the better it is. Totally. My coach said it to me one time. She said, at first, this is going to feel really uncomfortable mm-hmm. to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. At first, it's going to feel really uncomfortable to, to equalize your opinion to others. It's almost going to feel like selfish or like judgment or like rebellion or something like that. And she's like, but you know, like, you know, that I believe in God and, and God, he puts us all equal. So when we put our needs below everybody else's, that's actually creating classes, which like throughout all of the scriptures, the Eastern religion scriptures, like all the yoga stuff, like every religion teaches this, like classes, like are not of God, you know, like that is not our highest self. So when we put ourselves below, it's actually a form of pride or ego coming mm-hmm. out. And so when we can just equalize ourselves with everybody else and we can honor our needs just as much as we honor everybody else's and take care of ourselves that way, all that's going to do is align us spiritually, mentally, and eventually physically. This is what I this is what I really enjoy about you and your 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 podcast your everything that you do is because you can always kind of find parallels with scripture and with the world and you know kind of combine them into a your own unique like I don't want to say advice, but a way of helping people because that's that's really valuable. And I think people are craving that, uh, especially when things are so a lot of times secularized now. And that's that's that that's incredibly valuable. And I admire you for that. Thanks. Thank you. (laughs) I like I love studying different philosophies and different religions. And something as I've done that is I found that 
I believe like God is so willing and ready to just share truth. And I feel like there's truth everywhere. And if you're looking for it, you'll find truth. And what I've also found is that so many people are saying the exact same things. They're just using different language. Like one person says, spirit Mm -hmm. and one person says highest self and one person says universe and one person says god and and i think we're all actually collectively more similar in our beliefs than we know i totally agree and i think if you really i remember when carrie brought home the when she came home from yoga teacher training and she started getting into the history and philosophy of yoga and eastern religion and it like there are so many parallels between between the birth of christ and the everything that happened there i mean i can't remember exactly uh what what it is i'm sure you know but um, there were so many parallels. I felt like that, and that really made me feel made me feel good because to know that like we are all essentially learning the same basic principles, and we're all learning the same morals and standards, um, maybe just in a little different way. And obviously, we feel our own way is right, but it it, it is comforting to know that we all have have those kind of similar values. For sure. And I think that for the most part, people are good. And so good people, I think God will talk to, you know, he wants to talk to people who are good. So it's been really cool to learn, be able to expose myself to all of these different things and just see the parallels. It's been super interesting and fun for me. And I love doing it. (laughs) Right. So a couple of other things. We, we got into some really heavy stuff in the beginning, and I'm thankful for that because <laughs> I, I have found that podcasts are oftentimes, you want to front load and put a lot of the stuff at the beginning so to make sure most of the people hear it. But I also want to give you time to talk about not only your podcast, but uh, what you do with coaching and, and, and helping out your clients. So first off, how your podcast, how did you start that? Why did you start that? I mean, we all have a story of why we start our podcast. So what's yours? Yeah, sure. So this is what happened. I love listening to podcasts and I can never shut up. I talk so much in my family. I am a heavy talker. I love Sounds like somebody else I know. <laughs> yeah, I like to talk. That's and me. I always want to share like I'm always like super pumped and like amped up about like this kind of stuff which is super funny because it's like most people are like really zen that like talk about, you know, like philosophy and like mental health and like awareness and stuff. And I'm just like, not like that. And I couldn't find anybody who was talking about like yoga philosophy and like manifesting and abundance in a way that was like real. Like, I'm like, okay, like stop. I like all the woo woo, you know, like, I'm like, okay, can we cut through all the crap Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and go straight to what we really want to know, which is like, how do I apply this? What are the steps? What is this stuff you're talking about? How do I apply? Like, thoughts and feelings and align everything so that I'm creating through like a space of abundance and stuff. Like I couldn't find it. And so I was like, I have to start sharing this stuff because I would tell people and they'd be like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. You know? And I'd be like, yeah, like why does not everybody know this? (laughs) I feel like everyone should know this stuff. And so I, what happened was um, I went with my good friend and we were kind of planning out some goals for the year. And I, I made a goal in the next month, I'm going to start a podcast. But it felt super hard for me. Like, I'm like, I don't know what the crap I'm doing, you know? I don't know how to do this. And so 
but I, I made, I decided like to think the thought I have a podcast, I have a, a successful podcast. And I just decided to keep telling my brain, I have a successful podcast. I have a successful podcast. And so that made me feel super excited and motivated. And I started getting to work because I was excited and motivated thinking that thought. And when I really believed it, I visualized what I wanted it to look like, my cover and everything. And I, and I went and I made it happen and I let it happen. I let, I let all the things happen that needed to happen. And I launched my podcast like a week after I made that goal. I just decided that day. And this is something I really teach my clients. And I believe like so fiercely new decisions equals new results. I just decided that day I have a podcast that is very successful and that decision created that result for me. Now I have, I feel like a pretty successful podcast. And so if I could like leave a piece of advice, like one little nugget, it's like new decisions equal new results. If you want something to change in your life, you've got to change your thoughts. My favorite book of all time is called As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. And in it, he talks about your mind is a garden. You've got to water the flowers, stop, pick out the weeds as fast as they come up. The thoughts that create crappy results for you, we have to get rid of as fast as we can. The things we want to create, we've got to nurture those thoughts and we've got to choose them purposefully and think them on purpose often, which is why I love meditation because it does that for you because they just tell you good thoughts in your brain, you know? Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I think in, you know, I can relate quite a bit as far as starting a podcast is you know, these things seem like they're unattainable, right? To someone who's not thinking in that direction. And it seems like something that is, oh, I, I, I'm in a, I'm in a group, uh, uh, with some, uh, kind of, a a peer review group. And someone said, cause there's a couple of us in there who have podcasts and they said, oh, you guys do something I could never do. And, I'm, I probably would have said that two years ago. You know what I mean? Um, that I could never do that. But you, you talk about something that's really valuable and it's called manifesting. You are, if you want to do something bad enough, you will just, you'll act like it's already happening. And I think a lot of people, when they talk about writing out their goals, they, you put them down like it's already happened. Like, not that I'm going to run a marathon. I run marathons or I ran a marathon or something like that visualize it, manifest it like it already happened. That way you're, you're trained your brain to make sure it does. And to me that, I mean, gosh, a week, I, I didn't start that early. I mean, I think it was, I think it was a month, but, uh, but still, I mean, it, it's a relatively, if, if you just want to start doing something, you just have to start telling yourself you do it, starting telling yourself that I have a podcast, I have a successful podcast. And then Kicker look, is you have to believe it. And that's where people get hung up because mm-hmm. they're like, because you know, like you hear like, so you just got to manifest that you're rich, you know? And so you're like, I have a million dollars and your brain's like, bull crap, you don't have a million dollars, <laughs> you know? But <laughs> so you have to, we have to, the, the kicker here is that you have to believe the thought you're choosing to think. You have to believe that it's possible. You have to have faith and trust in the thought. And that's where I talk about this a lot. You're kind of at the part of watering a thought when it's like in the dirt, like it's like a seed still, you know, and we're watering, watering, Mm -hmm. watering, waiting for it to come up. Is it actually going to happen? And that's where the faith and the trust comes in. And that's why manifesting is so powerful because it, it takes faith and trust. And when we have faith, we know we're blessed, you know? And so 
what I like to explain to my clients and my friends and everybody I talk to about this is if you're wanting to create a new result in your life, but your brain is rejecting, like, I don't make a million dollars. When you say that your brain's like, uh, no, we don't. Then we just want to bridge it. We want to find a thought that is in between. I have a million dollars and I have, I will never make a million dollars. Like how about I could make a million dollars. And we can think that thought, I could make a million dollars. I could make a million dollars. And then we start doing things. We start feeling a little different. Like we're like, oh, I could. Well, maybe I'll try something. Maybe I'll, I feel a little bit more motivated, right? And then once we believe that thought, then we can start believing like, I I will make a million dollars. And then we can believe I am making a million dollars and we bridge it. So I want to give you guys that little piece of advice is if you're trying to choose a new thought to think, I want you to start by finding one that you believe. And you'll know by how it feels. I like to say it's like putting on a piece of clothing. Like each thought is like, try it on. Does it fit? Does it feel good? Are you like, yeah, this is good. If it does, that's a great thought for you to be thinking. If it feels yucky, if your brain is, if you resist it in any way, we need to find a new thought and work with you from there. No, totally agree. Like you, um, that's just that so much, so much good information. And I'm, I'm so thankful that we were able to get on here and talk like this because I just feel like, I I feel like this is a podcast that people need to go back and listen to several times because there's so much in here that we're talking about and some heavy stuff. And I, I'm, I'm very thankful that you are here sharing that with these people because, you know, obviously it's people I care about and it's people that I want to see succeed. And, I want I want other people to get these same kind of thoughts that Carrie and I have been sharing over this last little bit, and uh, it, because it's been such a blessing to us, and so that that kind of leads me, and I want to you know I want to be respectful of your time here tonight, and I want to talk about coaching and what you do, and you speak of your clients, and you speak of you know what you do for them, and um, I am was under kind of this guys I guess if you will that coaching was something that someone who was really messed up needed or was really not with it and they really needed some huge help like they're on the verge of bankruptcy or whatever the equivalent in whatever type of uh, struggle they were having but it really if you really think about it professional athletes you know, LeBron James, best player in the NBA right now, or, you know, was arguably now, he still has a coach. Tom Brady has a coach. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, they have coaches. So, I mean, even the high, people who are the highest performers still have people coaching them and still have people who are helping them tweak their life, tweak their game, and in your case, kind of tweak their lifestyle. So, Talk about that and how you are able to help people be their best self. Yeah, I think the highest performers are usually the ones with coaches. That's what I found. Like, mm-hmm. like when I think about the people mm-hmm. I want to be like, almost all of them have a coach. Why is that? It's because it's so freaking helpful. So what we do in coaching, the first time I heard about coaching, I was like, is like a life coach. <laughs> like I like kind of laughed at it and I was like, are you like good at life? Right. You know, like it's kind of silly. <laughs> like I don't get it. But then, but then as I dove more into it, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. So this is what I like to tell people. It's really, really hard to read the label from inside the pill bottle. 
Like it's easy. Like think about with you and your friends when you're with your friend and your friends like telling you like their problem, it's usually pretty easy to be like, Oh, girlfriend (laughs) or bud. Clearly you just need to do this. You know, it's really easy to see it with other people, especially if you're trained like to, to look for certain thoughts and know what they create pretty easily. Um, but when it's within yourself, it's really hard to see what's going on. That's why I still have a coach. Like I have a coach, I coach people like I'll never not have a coach. It's the best thing I've ever done for myself. So So for sure, coaching is so important because it's going to help you have some, to have somebody help you see what's going on in your brain is a big deal. So often we think things are facts that are not facts. Like we're like, no, my husband's like so rude. And you say that like, it's a fact, but I'm like, nope, thought. (laughs) And we can change this. What's the fact? And we can get down into it. So with my clients, what I do is Right now I coach one-on-one. So we do one-on-one Zoom calls. I work with people from all over. And what we do is we deep dive into what's going on in your brain and what it's creating for you. We like to start our coaching um, package off with like a goal that we want by the end of the coaching package to create. And at the end, we're working on that towards the whole thing. That's going to look like all parts of your life though. So like if you have a goal to like start a business, we're definitely going to be coaching on your relationship because your relationship is part of your business. It's going to get into your business. So I go in to your brain with you. You tell me what's going on. What are you feeling right now? And then we figure out what thought you have and what it's creating. And then I help my clients find new thoughts to think that are going to create the results that they want. So I like to pride myself in being able to be quick at thinking of affirmations or thoughts that are going to help you. I, I love like coming up with like one liners that like take you, you know, like I take care of my own needs as one that I share a lot with my clients or like nothing's gone wrong. Like I tell my friends, all my clients all the time, like you got to think this in your head over and over. Nothing's gone wrong because your brain's looking for everything that's gone wrong. So we come up with individualized like affirmations or thoughts that are going to help you create the results that you want and help you get out of your own way so that you can manifest and have like the life and the everything that you're wanting in your life. And so coaching for me, like personally, cause I have a coach, it has been the best investment. And the reason is because when you invest in your brain, your brain creates your time and your money. So if you want more time and if you want more money, my advice is instead of investing money into more money or money into time, invest it in your brain. And then your brain is going to create that for you. So since I started coaching, I've tripled my income. I've created, I've done it without adding any more time to work. And that's because I have a coach mm. showing me, teach, guiding me, showing me what's going on in my brain and how to create that result in my life. So that's what I do with my clients. And we create, 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 and it is so fun. So fun. That's awesome. I, I, I love to hear, you know, you're obviously you're super passionate about it and you just have just such a love and affinity for it. And you, you said something there where like you tripled your income without tripling your time or something, however you said that. And I think it's really important because it helped you started to value your time more and you started to put more value on those minutes or hours in the day. And I think it's a lot, especially again, we're talking about people talking to people in agriculture, 
for the most part, who listen to this sure. podcast. And we are always taught, you know, more hours means more money and uh, more, more, more. And that's how you, you know, and, and that, that to a certain extent is true, but after a while, it's a, it's an unsustainable effort. Uh, podcast number. I like the thought more value equals more money. Yes. So, yes. so what are you valuing your time? What are people valuing your time? How much is your time worth? Like, these are good questions to ask because it's not time that equals money. It's value that equals money. So, right. That's how I like to to play around with that that thought a oh, lot. It's that's perfect. That's perfect. And I think that's a I think that's a great way to kind of wrap this up here tonight because and I'll be honest with you, uh, this has been one of the funnest times I've had recording. I mean, that's not to slight anyone else, but um, <laughs> be, being able to talk to you and, you know, I've listened to you for quite a while, which is, I think is kind of funny because, you know, I feel like your audience is primary, primarily women, but I find just as much, <laughs> it is, I know it is. And, but I find so much value in what you talk about and be able to apply it to my own life. And I, I'm very thankful for that. And I am very thankful for your podcast and what you've done because there's people who need it, obviously. So I, I want you to, to like, if people want to get in touch with you, how, how do they do that? Perfect. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful that I've been able to come on here too. This has been way fun for me. Um, if you want to get a hold of me or if you want to work with me or you want to listen to more of this stuff, go follow me on Instagram. My handle is at getting mindful with Megan, or you can go on my podcast. If I'm on all the major apps. So like Google play, Spotify, iTunes, all of that. And it's called the getting mindful with Megan podcast. If you want to work with me, DM me. I only take a certain amount of clients at a time. So I'll send you an application. We'll see if we're a good fit. And if we are, we'll totally start working together. Cool. Very cool. And we'll link everything in the show notes, in the show notes page. Very cool. That's, uh, it was really fun talking to you tonight. And, you know, I, again, hopefully there's a day when everything's normal again, where, uh, you know, us as married couples, Carrie and I, and you and your husband, your husband, Colton, right? Is that his name? Colton. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, you guys would love him. He's totally, you guys will love him. <laughs> I feel like, you know, when you talk, like you feel like you know somebody and, you know, you can kind of get an idea who they are. So uh, if everything gets back to normal someday, which not if it will, um, because I'll believe that we'll have to meet. <laughs> We're putting it out yeah. there. <laughs> Whenever that may be. <laughs> better go back to normal. But who knows? Huh? Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, thanks again, Megan. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.